What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 149. That's right, episode 149 of Combos Court. And I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, punch down on that subscribe button right on your Apple Podcast app. And share this episode with a friend, man, via social media or word of mouth. Today's show, Mo Dakil of The Athletic joins in. Mo is a former NBA video coordinator. A great conversation with Mo. We actually recorded this before the suspension of the NBA. With that said, I think this episode will bring you tremendous value. We talk about analytics, the value of the post-up in today's NBA, and Mo shares a story about when he was with the Spurs working for Greg Popovich. You could find Mo on Twitter at Mo.Kiel underscore NBA. That's M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore N-B-A. You know you could find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Doc Eel, writer for Bleacher Report, podcaster for The Athletic, former video coordinator in the NBA. Welcome to Combo's Court, man. How you feeling? Oh, I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime. Take us through your journey in the NBA as a video coordinator. Let's see. I started out as an intern for the Clippers in their video room, really focusing on personnel. Oh, 607. Oh, yeah, oh, so I was there for three years. Went from there, went to San Antonio for two years in their video room doing everything, scouting and, and, and all that fun stuff. Then went back to the Clippers in 2011 and was with them till uh, 2014. So I got a year under Doc. Then I was out and, uh, you know, now I'm doing the media stuff. Right. You were with the Spurs for a little bit too, right? Yeah, I was there for two, for two years between 2009 and 2011. Got you. Any great pop stories? I got a lot, but I'm not sure I can put them all on the, I can't put them on the pod. So can you give us a, can you give us a G rated one? You know, well, the funniest one is I think my first day he, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I had just flown into San Antonio. Now when I interviewed, I interviewed with coach Budenholzer and James Borrego. I had never actually had spoken to pop. Okay. Um, and I, I, I had missed, uh, summer league I was I was traveling already so I didn't really get there till August so I get there and it's my first day in the office and the video room is you know everybody in the rooms there are James Borrego's our head video coordinator um, Kevin Hansen and Brett Bromeyer all who you know coach Borrego's with the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets uh, Kevin's with Minnesota Timberwolves as an assistant uh, Brett Bromeyer who is there he's an assistant with Brooklyn right now all these guys kind of slowly empty out of the room, but I don't even notice it. Next thing you know, Pop comes in going, you know, hey, JB, I need the, you know, and he realizes nobody's in there. And I turn around and it's and I see him and he, he just kind of looks at me and goes, well, who the hell are you? <laughs> and, and and I just kind of, you know, very meagerly like, well, I'm 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 the new video intern and, you know. 
it's my it's my first day and he's just you know looking around going like no nobody wanted to tell me nobody nobody i only run things here nobody wanted to run this by me at all and then he kind of storms out so i just immediately turn around going like all right expedia.com one-way <laughs> flight back to la but then he comes in two seconds later going like ah oh, i was just messing with you of course i know who you are uh welcome to the team and 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 all that stuff so i mean but we don't see that side of pop too often in the uh, media world or things like that, but he, he's a bit of a prankster. Right. Right. That was a great introduction to the Spurs for you. I wanted to start with analytics, man. Um, I think the casual fan looks at analytics and they just think that it means you, you shoot a bunch of threes, even though free throws and easy twos are, are, are a big part of analytics as well. Um, I think the players look at it as like, it's just a bunch of guys who never played basketball and they get jobs now. What are the, some of the biggest misconceptions about analytics in your opinion? Yeah, I think the first misconception is this is a bunch of guys who have never played basketball. Right. Uh, I do nerd or she wrote with Seth part now and, and trust me, he can hoop. Uh, we've, you know, our anal- analytics teams across the board, like these guys play. It's not, it's not just a bunch of nerds the way you, you would think of it as, you know, uh, like the movie nerds or whatever. Like right, it's, right. It's, it's not that, it's not that stereotypical view of it. Like so these guys can play. And then the idea that analytics is, you know, it's not just, it's, it's numbers across the board, you know, it, it, it can be overwhelming a bit, but you know, they, they give you valuable data across everything, not just your offense, but your defense and what you're giving up and, and things like that. So um, I think the, the misconceptions, a lot of it is, you know, they're, they just want to get the best shot and right. they're using, you know, numbers and, 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 and to help explain how to get there. Um, I may not always agree with analytics guys. Uh, I, th- I think it's tough, man. The, the, the hard thing about analytics in the NBA is that, it's you know it's not baseball like baseball every event is recorded you know and and you know in basketball uh, a good closeout isn't something that necessarily means this guy's not going to make a shot you know uh it's it's a bunch of those things so a lot of variables a lot of a lot of variables with a lot of stuff that you can't really quantify and that's kind of the the challenge with analytics i mean i think they go hand in hand i think it's very important i think it's part of the the puzzle and and you know, look, you look at any stat sheet, that's analytics. Right, <laughs> right, know, right. The, the box score is is giving you numbers. That's what analytics are doing. They're just giving you a little higher level stuff. So I don't think uh I don't think people need to be as afraid of it as they are. Um, what was your biggest takeaway from Clippers Lakers? I mean, you know, look, going into this game, it was clear to me this was a game the Lakers had to have. It wasn't a game the Clippers had to have. Like, you know, the Clippers can walk away. You know, with, there are a few takeaways they, they, they should have, but it's not like they should feel like, wow, we can't beat these guys. Whereas the Lakers, it would have been really difficult going, you know, not only if they had lost, but if they had gotten blown out too, it would have been a real difficult thing. You know, that they haven't beaten them once at any point during the season. It would have been a challenge. Um, it would have it would have been frustrating. It was it was big, too, on top of that win against the Bucks. So, you know, it's. It, it, a huge win for the Lakers in the grand scheme of things. I mean, it's just another regular season win, but I wouldn't, I mean, it's good for the psyche, but I wouldn't read more into it than that. Right. Mo, I always felt, uh, I've, I've been felt that LeBron is the most valuable player in the league, no matter who wins the award, but I was, this kind of went through my head 
these past few days, and I saw it versus the Clippers. Do you feel this lighter, smaller NBA has been benefiting LeBron? Because he just looks so much bigger and stronger than everybody out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it allows him to kind of post up more often like smaller guys and, and right. things like that. And that helps him as he's getting older. You, you know, we saw it with Jordan. We saw it with Kobe. We saw we see it with guys as they get older. They're not as flying down the rim. And, and you know, the speed kind of goes away. And, and then these guys begin to kind of develop more into the post. And LeBron has a really good post game. He's a really good weapon for the Lakers down there. And I think that's something, you know, we're – we're seeing with the league a little bit lighter, I guess, is, is a good way of putting it. But, you know, last yesterday's game, he, he didn't post up that much. And a lot of that's because, you know, he'd be posting up against Kawhi or Paul George. And those guys are pretty strong as well. And that's not as easy. So, right. um, you know, but he has other ways in which he can attack. And, you know, look, he's been phenomenal these past two games. Like, it's, it, it, you know, he put out two lebron-like performances these are the performances we expect from lebron and, and he delivered do you like him for mvp or i think the common belief is that Giannis is locked in for a lot of people what are your thoughts it's it's to me it's still Giannis. the the only thing i'd say is that this is more you know lebron has a case but you it's tough to say just looking at a two-game sample right. when Giannis has been doing it all season like the mvp is a regular season award it's an 82 game season award like that's what it is it's not had a really great weekend against the two top teams you know and and whatnot so I would I would just kind of temper it a little bit it doesn't matter it doesn't mean I don't think LeBron's putting in an MVP caliber season I just think Giannis is doing a better one Um, just look at the way they're they're crushing teams and 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 really just absolutely obliterating their opponents every time they 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 play play teams for the most part. So I just kind of I don't I, I don't think it's LeBron should win the MVP this year, but he'll get some votes and he should, you know, and 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 he's had a good season. And I wouldn't besmirch anybody who goes like, no, I think LeBron's the MVP this year. Right. Mo, you staying on the Lakers, you wrote a piece on how De- how uh Dion could help the Lakers. The LeBron and Dion thing hasn't worked out in the past, even though I know he's a clutch guy. Uh Miami wasn't happy with him. So so tell me more about your piece. Well, my piece just more kind of looks at what Dion can bring to the Lakers and what they need. They need a second score. They need a scorer off the bench. They need something. A creator. Um, uh, I wouldn't even go as far as a creator. It'd be nice. But Shot creation? You don't think they need, need off the bench? I mean, I mean uh, when, I, when you people say creator, I think playmaking for others. Got you. Okay, okay. Um, But, I mean, they do need a guy that can get shots on his own. Yeah. And I think that's what he can do. I don't know how well he can do it. I don't know if he's, like, the best option. But he's pretty good. You know, and he he could shoot it pretty well, and 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 that means he could play on the floor with LeBron if they if they feel like they need to get more shooting or if he's going well. Um, he's a decent passer, not great. He he's not going to fully create for every you know other right. guys, but he'll he'll make the right pass if the defense collapses on him. He'll find guys on the weak side for shots and and things like that. And that's something I think the Lakers really need. I didn't go into his pass with LeBron just because I felt like man. Dion was so young at that point, you know, yeah. like I, I, it, it, it didn't feel like that was, you know, who Dion is now. And, and so I kind of think this is a, a big opportunity for him because this, I mean, if this goes poorly, it's probably his last stop in the NBA. Yeah. And I mean, it must be water under the bridge if he signed with the Lakers. So LeBron must be all right with it at this point. Yeah. And I, I don't think there was, I mean, I don't remember how much, 
you know, if the, if there was really sort of a, a, a strenuous yeah. relationship between the two or anything like that, it was probably just more LeBron wanted to win. And, and, and at that time, he wasn't the player ready to do that. I think he was shooting below 30%. He just wasn't the player that, you know, on that Cavs team that would, you know, really kind of help take them over to the next step. Right. You mentioned LeBron posting up. Uh, Rick, Carlisle, Rick Carlisle had an interview that went viral uh, saying he wasn't really a fan of of posting up or the value of posting up in today's NBA. What value does posting up have in today's NBA, in your opinion? No, I, I still think it adds value. It's, it's like the mid-range shot in the sense of, you know, if you have the right guys doing it, it's really helpful. Like Rick Carlisle is not going to feel that way about posting up if he has Joel Embiid. You know, right. or, or or Nikolai Jokic, or, or or even LeBron. Like, it's 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 a weapon when you have it in the right hands, and I think that's really what it comes down to. It. Uh, I think from there you can. It's not only scoring; you can create out of the post. You know, you can force double teams, and and from there get get defenses in rotation and able to kick the ball around and 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 find open shots, which could lead to the open corner three on the other, on the opposite side. And I think that's the level of I think there's just a lot in there in post now you know if you have a guy like Porzingis is a great example of it Porzingis is just not a great post player yeah we look at him he's seven three and we high think center he about be. high center of, of gravity people could get under him he has a great touch all that stuff yeah wow. like we just we just look at it thinking like he should be right yeah. he's so tall he should be a great post player but he's not and that's fine and that's not a, a shot at Porzingis he's really good at other things yeah um so, you know, it's, it's, it's just about having it in the right hands and, and, and understanding who the right guys are to go to the post up. So I think there's still value in it. I think I hate when people say this shot's dead in the game or, you know, the post player's dead or the mid-range is dead or all that. I said, no, it has a place in the game. It's just a matter of who's doing it and, and, and who you want to do it. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer, believer in the post, depending on the guy you got posting up. Speaking on trends and, and the way the game is going, I once heard on a podcast, Daryl Morey was talking. He actually came out with another one today with Zach Lowe, but I'm talking about an older one that he had with Bill Simmons where he was saying he thinks three-pointers, the amount of attempts will go up. Maybe he knew what he was about to do with Houston because he, he went in that direction with Houston this season. My belief is if this thing with Houston works, it will eventually lead to the distance of the three-point line changing because I think teams will copy what they do. And then we'll have to draw that three-point line out. What are your thoughts on what Houston is doing? I mean, what Houston is doing is really interesting. It's fun to watch. I think they've been slowly getting there, and they finally reached the the top of the mountain with it. Uh, they've lost a couple of games here, so you know it's it's it, it might be a little bit of panic town right now. But you know the the thing about it is it's like just a I don't buy everybody's going to do this because it's hard. It's hard yeah. to find that many guys. I don't think we understand how good Robert Covington is. Look, he came over and he's averaging like, I don't know if the number's gone down, but last I looked, he's averaging like 2.5 blocks a game. That's yeah. a number a center does. You know, that's something like Hassan Whiteside or Joel Embiid does, in, you know, in terms of blocking shots. That's a very unique skill for somebody his size and, and, and at his ability. So, you know, it's not an easy thing. I – I don't necessarily think this is going to work beyond, you know, maybe they get out of the first round, but I don't think it's something that is really going to work. And I don't think it's something that a lot of teams are going to fully buy into in terms of getting rid of the center teams are playing five out more and more where 
we're seeing that. But I also don't think it necessarily means a lot more threes because look at the amount of baskets Russell Westbrook's getting at the rim. Like it's it's yeah. opening the door for layups and things like that. So I'm not sure if we're we're in that world yet where it's going to get to the point where everybody's going to be playing this kind of small guys and and it's going to work out that way I, I won't be surprised to see Houston have to go another way next season if it doesn't pan out this year in the playoffs in a seven game series like Utah and say Houston were to match up at some point what would they do with Gobert I mean I know they played once during the season but you think he would be able to play as many minutes as usual playing against his small ball lineup like that's the matchup I think Houston should want because right. I don't think Utah could really handle that because the thing is Gobert's like he's not a post guy like we were talking about he's not a guy you're going to throw the ball to in the block he's a pick and roll guy yeah and he's really good at that and the Rockets defense with with their wings with guys like Tucker and Covington and stuff like they've done a good job with the pick and roll defense in terms of holding up the big so I think that's something that kind of plays into their hands in terms of who Gobert is going to defend I mean, you're probably going to put him on Russ and have him meet him in the paint, but it's hard because you give Russ that much of a runway. I mean, he's still going to blow by you. He's impressive how explosive he's been yeah. lately. And and I think it's just harder to try to stop the freight train at that point. So it would definitely be a challenging se- series for Utah. I would probably pick Houston. It would be maybe a bit close, but I think uh, – at the end of the day, just that matchup's too difficult for Utah. You mentioned how you like Giannis' sample size from the season. Um, do you believe Zion still has a chance at Rookie of the Year? I don't think he does. I think we got really excited real quickly, you know, and, and I think it was one of those things where Ja had done such a good job all the way, you know, even to now, this yeah. season. I think it's just one of those situations where it was too much of a head start for Ja for Zion to really catch up and you know for all the hype you know when Zion comes everybody's like the Pelicans are going to make the playoffs you know they've faltered since and Memphis is still in it you know uh, I think if Zion was going to have a case he would have had to have gotten the Pelicans into the playoffs and I think at that point at this point it's looking more and more bleak that it's not it's not coming that way. So Mo, I, I was the guy who was screaming at everybody to draft Luca early um, I've been I haven't talked about him as much lately because I think my listeners got sick about me talking about Luca, but I wanted to shift back to Luca for a second. I feel that this thing where people say his European experience is the reason why he's so good. I think that's overblown. Obviously it helps, but there's something the way some players brains work, the way their mental makeup is that allows them to read the game at such a high level. So young LeBron had the same thing. He had no European experience. In Europe, there's a 17, 16, 18-year-old on the end of every, for the most part, on the end of every Euro League and Euro Cup team. A lot of them don't play. It's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. So what are your thoughts on all that? Do you believe his European experience is overblown at this point? No, I don't. And, and, here's, and here's why. I, I agree with you, and he sees the game, and it's a basketball IQ thing as well. It's, a, it's, it's both. Okay. You know, because as you talk about, you know, every Euro team has a, a guy 16, 17 years at the end of the bench. Yeah, Luca was not only starting, he was the focal point of those teams right? at that age. And that's a big difference. And at that right. point, you know, you're going up against men. You're not going up – you're going up against NBA-aged guys. But, Mo, but at not, that point, that's why he got the experience, right? Because they realized this kid is different. Yeah, I mean, no, he definitely could play. I mean, he's proven yeah. he could play. Like, right. that's – and that's where the IQ and stuff comes right. in. Part of the reason he's so good now, too, though, is is there hasn't had to have been much of an adjustment to playing with 
more physical guys and things like that. We talk about it with college players. Like their their college kids are playing against the oldest kid they're playing against is what, 22, 23 years old, maybe. Right. You know, the, the, the body's not even fully built or jacked, you know, now most of these college kids, when they go into the league are coming up against guys that are 29, 30 got, you know, rock, rock solid bodies like they're they're built like granite running up against Aaron Baines and things like that like you know you're it's a different experience and it takes a while to adjust Luca's been doing that and he was doing that while these kids were playing college so you know I the, the EuroLeague experience I wouldn't say is overblown I think it's it's helped him a ton and he got that experience because he's able to play because of that IQ so I think it's kind of a a little bit of both I think the both of those have helped him into his development here in the NBA and why, you know, early in this season we were talking about him as a potential MVP candidate. Uh, Mo, you obviously made a shift into media. What was your reason for that and what's next for you? Are you looking to get back into the NBA or are you looking to stay in media? Just talk to me a little bit about your future. Yeah, you know, I kind of stumbled into the the media side of it. I just had so much basketball knowledge, I figured, like, I should start sharing it at some point. Um, right. And just through the process, I've been, I've been lucky to, to have the opportunities I've had and, and to continue to grow uh, from starting my own website to, to now writing stuff for Bleacher Report and, and doing podcasts on the athletics. So, uh, you know, I don't know what's next. I'm, I'm always looking for the next step and, and things like that. I'm not ruling out the NBA, never going to say never, but I don't think those days are uh, – going to be coming back anytime soon so you know looking at just I enjoy the media stuff I enjoy being around the game it's it's a lot of fun to do podcasts and and you know jump on other people's podcasts like yours Andrew and and really kind of uh, just happy to do it you know and, it, and and it's fun so I'm enjoying this stuff a, a lot more something you probably don't get to do too much when you work for a team right Mo great stuff where can we find you on social media and everywhere else um you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's the same handle. It's Mo D A K H I L underscore NBA. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram probably more than I should be. Uh, and, 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 you know, that's where, that's where everybody can find me. Right, Mo. It was great talking to you. Great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Talk soon. No, perfect, man. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for listening to Combo's Court and big shouts to Mo for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, let me know how you feel about this episode right in the comments section of your Apple Podcast app. Rate and review wherever you listen to Combo's Court and share this episode with a friend, man, via social media or word of mouth. Appreciate the continued support and be on the lookout for episode 150 Combo out.